Worth It or Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses and decide, is the game good by today's standards and is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your host, Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? Today we played Diddy Kong Racing for the Nintendo 64. Yes, I liked this game a lot as a kid. I did not play this game as a kid. I I told you that I I only have one memory of playing this as a kid, going over to Anthony Fucciarelli's house and <laughs> getting my butt kicked and not having a great time. But I played this like when I was in college. Um, played some of the adventure mode single player, and mm-hmm. I have like vaguely fond memories of that. Yeah. Um, so I found out this is the eighth best-selling game on the N64. Really? So it's, yes, it seemed like a lot of people played this game and it was one of the staples with my friends growing up. Interesting. I I played a ton of this game and I, I loved it as a child. (laughs) You keep, you keep coming back to that. You liked it when you were a kid. Yeah. Well, we have a podcast where we take off nostalgia glasses and sometimes that doesn't bode well for our childhood yeah there, there's definitely some games that don't uh don't survive the replay and i think this might be one of them but let's yeah. uh let's well, take a look and see what happens i don't know we'll see sometimes you come in here and you're like i don't know how i feel about it and that's kind of where i'm at i'm like of two minds on this one all so. right well let's uh let's dive in yes let's dive in what uh what do you think that what's the first thing you have that the game did well I think like the biggest thing that you have to say for this game is impossible to play this game and not compare it to Mario Kart. Right. Um, that is a game that I played way, way, way more as a mm-hmm. kid. That was one that all my friends played. Um, if you don't know what Diddy Kong Racing is, it's just a kart racer, um, which is best. You know that genre is basically owned by Mario Kart. Right. And so. Uh, I think that the best thing that this game has going for it is that it tried to do some different stuff than mm-hmm. Mario Kart 64. Yeah. It's not just the exact same game, but now here's Diddy Kong and some other guys. Yeah. <laughs> what I was reading when I was doing research is they had to get Nintendo, they had to get Diddy Kong involved because they didn't think the game had a strong enough IP and Banjo Kazooie hadn't come out yet. It got delayed till like the following summer or something. And so that's how the whole Diddy Kong thing happened was to like strengthen the IP of this game. Yeah. I mean, you got some guys, you got Diddy Kong in there. You got, uh, Conquer. Conquer, yeah. But before Conquer had his own game, you got Banjo. Before he was in Banjo Kazooie. Yeah. And then you got a chicken. Yeah, named tur- drum, Drumstick. <laughs> and a turtle. Turtle named, uh, what was it, Tip Top, I think? Tip Top <laughs> or Tick Tock, something like that. You got a badger and just like a bunch of like random animals that don't have any connection to anything. They're like, yeah, we really need some more dudes, but we can't pay yeah. to afford any more characters. So we're just going to throw in some random animals and give them some names you got and Tim- go with it. Timber the Tiger. That, yeah. <laughs> Timber the Tiger. Well... Rare, I think, came up with Diddy Kong because of Donkey Kong Country 2. Yeah. So I think that's how they, I think the Wikipedia said uh, Nintendo liked the idea of them doing Diddy Kong instead of Donkey Kong. But apparently, before Microsoft bought Rare in 2002, they were in the middle of making Donkey Kong Racing for the GameCube. 
Yeah, and that's actually one that we've talked about on social media before. We shared a video. There's like this beta video of a little clip of Donkey Kong racing, and everybody's riding on like rhinos. You know, like in Donkey Kong 64, you have the levels where like you're riding on a rhino or on the Mm -hmm. swordfish. And so it was kind of like Diddy Kong racing where you had different vehicles, I guess. Like, you know, you have your sea vehicle because you're riding on fish or you're riding on a whatever in the air. And uh, so it was like that. Everybody's riding on a stampede of animals. And so all we have of Donkey Kong racing is that little clip of low-resolution Donkey Kong riding on a rhinoceros. I think it also said that that game actually became Donkey Kong Barrel Blast, which is a game that I don't know anything about. Yeah, I mean, I've never heard of that. maybe um, Maybe it exists in another form that's similar to whatever it would have been, but... Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> yeah, all that back to, to say, the fact that this isn't Mario Kart. Yeah, it really is not Mario Kart. Um, in Mario Kart, you can just drive carts, and in this game, you have the option of driving in a car or driving in a hovercraft or flying in an airplane. Yeah, and all- depending on what you choose, it's a very different experience on the track. Yeah, when you do like exhibition races, you can choose whatever vehicle you want for whatever race. And when you do like the trophy races, it forces you into the particular vehicle. Everybody's in the same vehicle, but the tracks definitely change a lot based on what you um, what you choose. And it's interesting that they had to design tracks with that in mind. So some of them are a lot easier in a plane, but some of them you can't race in a car. Yeah, like the water one specifically, you'd have a really difficult time doing that in the car. So there are well, some... you could do it in a car, but you would just go about two miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I think there were some levels where it only gave you two <laughs> options where like you couldn't yeah. you couldn't drive a car. Yeah. But there were levels where you could do all three and those levels are interestingly uh designed for both. And I think that's that's something that the game did well was was designing tracks for different vehicles in addition to just giving you the option of having different vehicles. Yeah, another thing that this game did that was way different than Mario Kart was the items. Uh, it's really similar to you just drive through, in this case it's a balloon, in Mario Kart you're driving through a cube, but in this game you drive through a balloon and you get an item, and at first it seems a lot like Mario Kart, and I actually had never known this until we played today, and you told me, it's like, hey, if you pick up two red balloons in a row, your rocket now becomes a homing rocket. It would be like in Mario Kart, your green shell becomes a red shell with the homing abilities, mm-hmm. I didn't know that, um, which probably is the reason why I didn't have a whole lot of success with my previous experience with Diddy Kong Racing. But you do like upgrade your items up to three times, I think. Yeah. Like if you get it a third time, uh, the first time you have a rocket, second time you have a homing rocket, third time you get 10 rockets. Yeah. And so every time you get a, another balloon, it upgrades your weapons, which is, um, I don't know if it's necessarily better than Mario Kart, but it is different. They tried to do something different. I like it in the sense of it's a cool mechanic of trying to make sure you only hit red balloons. Um, If you're trying to like two red balloons gives you a homing missile and three red balloons gives you 10 useless missiles because they're garbage. But like there's an interesting strategy to it depending on kind of what you're going for. I mean, I think the there's not a ton of variety, though, to the different pickups. I mean, you have like a, a banana type attack like it's an oil slick and then it turns into a mine and then it turns into like a bubble and then you have like a turbo boost and then you have a couple other ones that we didn't really get to use very much but they don't show up very much <laughs> yeah 
So I think there's five different types of balloons, but really you only see three very often. It is interesting. I mean, that's that's something I didn't really think about. In Mario Kart, you grab the question block and you don't know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. In this, if you grab a certain color balloon, you know what you're getting. Yeah. So that's definitely another difference. Uh, another huge difference in this game from Mario Kart is just the actual like single-player mode. You have a hub world where you're driving around and it's more of like an advent- adventure mode kind of thing where you yeah. can kind of explore. You do kind of get forced into a specific track because mm. areas are locked off or gated off depending on how many balloons you've collected so far. And every time you beat a race, you get another balloon, which will open up another area. Yeah. But it was just really different. I didn't expect that, I guess. That kind of reminds me of like Super Mario 64 with the stars. Exactly. You can only go into certain levels after you've gotten so many stars and stuff like that. Um, I think the single player in this game is definitely interesting. Um, we enjoyed it more than our experience with multiplayer, just because the frame rate's better, the performance is better. When you're racing, it actually puts arrows on the sides of the screen so that you can kind of see which way you're going. Um, and it wraps it up in an interesting like story mode with cutscenes and um, kind of a guided experience where you're trying to take out uh, my one of my favorite things about this game, Whizpig. Yeah, Whizpig, uh, you know, just a classic Diddy from Kong future, character. From future Funland. His, future. his planet, future Funland. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> You can tell when when you say that they had to put Diddy Kong in here because they just weren't really convinced that the characters in this game could can like carry this game. You can kind of see that with uh, some of the choices they made with the uh, Whiz Pig and Future Funland and Drumstick the Chicken. <laughs> just uh, not a whole lot of creativity there. No. Yeah, I mean for all rares, um, amazing things that they did at this point in their careers. I don't know that the characters in, in Diddy Kong racing were one of them. Uh, back to that top selling in 64 games. Rare actually has like four of the top 10 games. Yeah, I believe on, that on the console. So it's like they really were uh, knocking it out of the park at this point. I mean, you think about what they were doing they did golden eye mm-hmm. and perfect dark and uh conquers bad fur day and uh, banjo kazooie. Yeah, all Don- of those games. Donkey Kong 64. Donkey Kong 64, yeah. I mean, the fact that that game was such an expansive experience that you actually had to get the expansion. What is it? What was it called? The jumper pack thing? The expansion I don't know. Pack it gave you like an extra meg of memory. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> you felt so powerful. I never had it. I had it. I never actually beat that game, but uh, I remember having fun with it. I, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it is really interesting that some of those games, like especially uh, Donkey Kong 64 and Conquer's Bad Fur Day and Perfect Dark are all games that had like a lot of depth to them, a lot of like mm-hmm. um, backstory and like they had their own like worlds and stuff. And then to see like in this game, they, they really phoned it in on the characters <laughs> <laughs> and on the world itself, really. Well, uh, I was reading the, the Wikipedia page and apparently this was like a Disney World inspired racing game at first okay and then they were going instead of doing that they switched to like uh, a sequel of sorts to rc pro-am but instead of like toy cars it was going to be like toy trikes or something and then like yeah this this one went through some weird phases so they had an idea they wanted to do a racing game and they went through a whole bunch of iterations and they eventually ended it up with like let's just throw diddy kong in there and some random animals and call it a day yeah. Well, for all of like the all of that 
winding road that they went through to get here. I mean, they they did well for themselves. They sold a lot of copies of this game. Yeah, and for as generic as like kind of some of the the animals were, I appreciate the fact that there are like a bunch of different racers in this one. I think you start off with eight, but I want to say there's like ten total that you can play as after you unlock Drumstick, and I think there's another unlockable character, but I don't remember. Maybe Whizpig? Can you actually race as Whizpig? I don't think so, because I think he's huge. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think he's like the size of like all the characters combined, <laughs> and he races on like a broom or something. That's another thing that's different. Or a different. rocket, I'm sorry. <laughs> a rocket. Oh, yeah, because he's in space in Future Funland. <laughs> that's another thing that's really different in this game is uh, you do have these boss races, so at the end of the first world, you race a dinosaur, a triceratops, up to the top of a volcano. You know, something very different from Mario Kart, where every single race is a kart race. Um, you also have, once you beat a world, you can go back and redo all the races as coin races. Yeah. Where your goal is, you have to still get first, but you also want to collect these six or seven silver coins throughout the level. Um, so it just adds an extra level of difficulty that you need to do. Yeah, an extra level of nuisance. I always hated the silver coin races growing up because I think to actually get to the Whizpig race, I think you have to get, I want to say, all the silver coins in the game or something like that. And it's just, it's really hard. That sounds miserable. Yeah, and it was, and I never did it as a kid. So it's it's another thing, but I think later in the game it gets like really, really hard to do the, the silver coin races. Yeah, I mean, I only attempted the first one, and it was frustrating to be like, I really want to win, but I have to get these coins, and I'm in first place the entire race, and I get to the third lap, I just need to get one coin, and I I just missed it. Yeah. And all I could do was drive backwards and get it, and by the time I got it, I was in fifth place, and mm-hmm. I lost. Yeah, well. It was disappointing. You tried. That's all that I asked from you well, for anything is just try. <laughs> <laughs> you don't actually have to be any good at these games. Just Just give it a go. Yeah. Yeah, just make I, sure I, that I don't have to play Diddy Kong Racing. I have anymore. a theory that you secretly just invite me to play games because I'm I'm so bad at them, and it just makes you feel good to be able to beat me over and over and over again. That's not true. If you like, there's been episodes where I'm like, you're you're better than me. That's true. There, so. On the rare occasion where I just like it clicks and I just master a game and I can take you out. Like that was Wave in, Race. Did I win anything in Wave Race? No, that that's like one of the few games that I've actually put a lot of time into that we've played. Mm. And uh, so it definitely paid off there, but did not really today. I, I don't think I, I think I maybe won one race today. Yeah. Yeah. I think you won maybe. Well, when we were playing with the, the computer racers, <laughs> you won way more than one. When we were playing with the computer racers, uh, when you say I won, what you actually mean is I got <laughs> fifth place instead of sixth place because neither of us ever came even remotely close to winning a race against the computer players. Yeah, well, I came in remotely. I think I came in third on one of those races. Oh, yeah, there I, think, you go. I think I had a nice third place going for me. Yeah, I don't think I ever got higher than fifth when we were playing the multiplayer <laughs> mode. Another thing that yeah. this game does well, I think, is the it has some really interesting battle modes. Yeah, I have that You too. know, in Mario Kart, you have the balloon mode in Mario Kart 64. I think that's the only battle mode in Mario Kart 64 is just the balloon mode. Yeah. And this one, it had a whole bunch of stuff. There's a level where you're in airplanes and you're trying to pick up, uh, like, dinosaur eggs and then take them back to put them on top of a nest and the first person to collect three wins there was another one where you were trying to collect bananas these golden bananas and like fill up a meter and there was another one where you were doing something else that i don't remember you got well there's a a couple where you're just getting items and trying to shoot each other oh yeah just a straight up battle mode yeah 
Yeah, oh. where you start out with eight points, and every time you get hit by something, you go down two points, <laughs> and uh, whoever gets down to zero first loses. Yeah. Um, I think the battle modes were an interesting change of pace for this one, um, especially because we were, we were doing these trophy races, which are a series of four races, and the AI is pretty tough. Yeah. And so when we played the battle modes, I think the they were even more fun just because it was like, Hey, something that we can actually win. Yeah, that's true. Those were the only <laughs> things that we actually came even remotely close to actually succeeding at were the the battle races. I think that one of us did win those, you know, every other time one of us would win. Yeah. So um, it was a little bit of light in the darkness for us. <laughs> the last thing that I have that stands out for what this game does well is the music. And it's not even all of the music. It's just some of the music. There were a, a few tracks that just had really good uh really good that's really confusing there were some tracks that had really good tracks yes there were a few race tracks that had really good songs and uh there were many that had just kind of like elevator music and there were a few that like blatantly ripped off like sections of melodies from like popular songs like we were both sitting there and i started like singing the brady bunch and you're like yep i was hearing that too and there was another time where like we heard santa claus is coming to town and it was in like a snowy level, but it's not like the whole thing. They'll just grab a little piece, like half of the melody, and they'll just, just enough pop to it not in get there. sued. Yeah. So some of the music <laughs> was done really well, especially one of the volcano levels. We were just like jamming out to the songs. Yeah. Some of them are not so good, but it was something that definitely stood out. I don't know that I can really think of any of the songs from Mario Kart, but that could just be because I haven't played it in a while. I give this soundtrack a solid like seven out of ten. Wow. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like I think all the I don't think there's any bad music on it. Um, and no. I think all of it's solid and there's a few songs that we were like this is pretty good yeah there's definitely nothing like Streets of Rage 3 level where we were just oh, like man. this is bad let's not talk about that yeah but uh, yeah they were, there were some good songs on there yeah what Do, about you you got anything else that stands out to you of what this game does well I have nothing else that I thought this game did well <laughs> <laughs> well I think then we can transition into an area that's going to be a lot less kind to this game because uh <laughs> What this game does poorly, I think there's a lot of it. And My the, childhood. I know. The, the big thing that stands out to me, that maybe the biggest thing, is that this game is a completely different game in multiplayer. And it's yeah. just not really fun in multiplayer. This was a little bit of like a River City Ransom situation where when we... So we started in multiplayer, and then when we came back to single player, we were like, this game's way better in single player. Oh, yeah. Um for performance reasons and other reasons. But yeah, I don't know what it is. It just, I mean, obviously the limitations of the N64 are probably played a huge part in it, but like in multiplayer when you do, so you're choosing a track and it throws you into like a grid of paintings where you can only see one to one at a time. And each there's like four or five worlds, and they all have like f- I think four tracks. I don't know. You can't even like see it all laid out, so yeah. there's no way of really knowing without scrolling through it. And so you're going through single tracks, single track, single track, and then you can find like the trophy race section of it, which we discovered, which is just where you play like all four tracks. Yeah, it'd be like a cup in Mario Kart. Yeah, 
Except for in Mario Kart, when you complete a cup, there's like an awards ceremony. This one's just like, <laughs> you're all done. Surprise. Yeah. You know, it's like. It was really weird because in single player mode, when you beat a race, like the elephant guy comes down and he's like congratulating you and he gives you a trophy. And in multiplayer mode, you win the thing. It has a little leaderboard there for a second and it just goes away and boom, you're back into the menu. And it's like. Wait, I just like won. Like I just yeah. did, well, this never happened. Maybe it's because, <laughs> but like when we played each other, just one on one, and somebody would win a race, there was no like congratulations. So maybe yeah. like in multiplayer, if you actually did come at the top of the leaderboard, there'd be something. But it was just kind of weird. It didn't. It, you it probably didn't, have to watch a YouTube video to see that ever happen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's actually possible in this game. And that was the other thing about it. In multiplayer, the game was just so much harder. Yeah. In single player, we were winning races. We were progressing through the game. And in multiplayer, there is no difficulty setting. It's not like in Mario Kart where you have 50cc, 100cc, whatever, where the higher you go, the harder the difficulty gets. In this one, it was just straight up one difficulty, and it was very hard. Yeah, it was just as hard as it gets. And it's like, even if you're racing perfectly... Like you have to have a completely perfect race to to come in first in this one. You have to have the tracks completely memorized. You have to hit every item. You have to hit every boost. Terrible. And we had times when like we'd get through like one lap and we'd still be in the pack of computer players. But there was a lot of races where we were getting lapped. And there yeah. was a lot of races where yeah. we were getting lapped on the second lap. Right. And so like you're already completely out of the race by about halfway through and it I don't know, it just didn't feel great. Granted, we weren't good at this game. No, but we So played. it was at least 40% to 80% our fault. <laughs> but you think if you pick up a game and play it for like three hours, you should be able to finish, you know, out of the bottom two against the computers. Yeah. With that said, we weren't very good, but when we played the single player mode, we were coming in first pretty easily. But we yeah. only played the first world. So there's definitely a difficulty uh, shift between the multiplayer mode and the single player mode. Yeah, and I'm guessing the single-player mode will definitely get harder as you yeah. go. But why isn't that an option in the multiplayer mode? Man, I don't know. Yeah, it was just it was just worse. I don't the yeah the graphics were worse. The experience was worse. Um, but when we great. when we so when you pick a race that's not a trophy mode, you get to choose if you want two, four, or six racers. Yeah, and it got a lot better when we only did two racers because it just seemed less stressful. Yeah, it was definitely less stressful because we weren't losing and we weren't getting laughed. Yeah, but I felt I I actually so like we played multiplayer. We we played every track like one time at least. Yeah, and we did we kept doing the trophy races, and so I found the game super exhausting whenever we were doing the trophy races. But the yeah. few races where we only picked two racers, I actually had fun competing with you because I wasn't like stressed out about whether I'm going to come in fifth or I'm going to come in sixth. Yeah, it and was... why is the computer so fast? Definitely more fun uh, without the computer players. Can you play this game four players like locally? I feel like you can, but we didn't test it out, and so I'm like, I think I, I remember, remember that being a thing. Yeah, I, I feel like I remember it being a thing. So that too. would be a but lot better. Know. So you could just play multiplayer without the computers. You still are going to get the graphical hit, and you're going to get the frame rate hit. Battle mode that you can do with four players, though. I could be completely wrong. We didn't. We probably should have checked, but we didn't. We didn't. We didn't because there's only two of us. Yeah, but it's a good thing the game, you should only play it single player. Yeah. I'm. That, so it doesn't matter. That it's, is a really a big takeaway for me <laughs> is we played this game multiplayer for like an hour and a half, two hours or something, and I, I was not having a good time. I was thinking like, man, how is like this a game that people remember fondly? Yeah. And then we went into adventure mode, played it in single player, and I realized like 
this is a completely different game. This actually is fun. There are some redeeming things about this. It still has some downsides to it, but it was a much better experience in single-player mode. And that's one of the things that I never realized when I was a kid. Like, I never realized, like, the frame rate dropped or that the graphics got Mm -hmm. worse when I was playing multiplayer. Yeah. And I almost always played multiplayer because I had three brothers. So the four of us, the N64 was perfect. And we played a lot of split-screen games, and I never realized, like how big of a difference the the quality and graphics was. But man, now that I'm older and you realize it's like, this is just choppy and this is slow and you can't see very far and mm-hmm. everything is blocky and yeah. it's, it's not great. Another thing that kind of plays into, I think, the, the multiplayer being a little bit less fun is the races are super short. So even when you're trying to win these trophy races, the races are so, they're like all less than three minutes long. Oh, yeah. And so you don't even have any time to recover from a mistake that you might have made or to, you know, feel like you can kind of outmaneuver the computer because it's over by the time you have any chance to do anything. There's a lot of tracks that were like closer to two minutes than three minutes. Yeah. And so you just are whipping around the track and you're right. Like there, there's no ability to really come back and the items don't really help you. I think that, you know, people think have a lot of opinions about Mario Kart's rubber banding, but Mm. this game could definitely use some rubber banding. The idea that when you're further back in the pack that you get better items or when you're further up in the pack, that there's going to be things that slow you down to try to even it out. And in this game, you really, it's definitely more skill-based. I can see why people would like it if they would wanted a pure, if you want a pure (laughs) racing game with skill, you're not playing a kart racer with cartoon (laughs) animals, but for some reason, like if that was you, like you would enjoy this better. But the other thing with the items is like you can't shoot items backwards. The items just didn't feel as useful, I guess, as in Mario Kart. The fact that your rockets can only be shot forward, your no, oil quite slicks, the opposite. They feel useless. Yeah, they, yeah, they're completely <laughs> useless, except um, for the homing missile. The homing missile, which still sometimes just goes straight into a wall, and the boost is kind of useful if you get it upgraded. The boost, like but, there was times when I was behind, yeah. I was right behind an AI character and I'm like, I'm going to catch this guy and I'll hit a boost and it wouldn't do it. Like it doesn't do anything. Yeah. It, like it gives you like half a second of boost. It's not like a mushroom where you get a huge boost out of it. So. Imagine Mario Kart where 30% of the items you get are a mushroom. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's just not great. <laughs> How exciting, you know? Um, yeah. The items is one of the things that I kind of have written down that the game didn't do well like i like the idea what they tried to do with it and like the idea of like upgrading your items and getting better Mm -hmm. ones and i see what they were going for but just you know you it makes you like store them and not use them and then even when you get upgrades sometimes they're not really that great yeah and maybe if the tracks would have been longer or something else i don't know just the items everything happens so fast in this game that it's just hard to to do anything or to use anything or to have a whole lot of strategy. It's like you're too busy surviving to formulate any kind of strategy on this one. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Is there anything else that stands out to you of what this game does poorly? No, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it for me too. I just, yeah, the game was disappointing. My <laughs> my childhood You did seem pretty hurts. disappointed when we were yeah. playing it. You kept like... You seem a little bit bummed out. There's a lot of times when you'll text me when we're coming into this and you're like, are you ready to have your childhood destroyed? Yeah. And I feel like today you got a little piece of your childhood destroyed by yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I've found this game to be exhausting. 
Yeah. Um, less so when we played the single player, but like I said, like later on with the silver coin challenges and all the other stuff you have to do, it, it does, I know it gets more difficult and stressful. But yeah, I I have pretty much nothing but fond memories of this growing up. And like now today, I'm just like, ugh. I, can, I just don't think I ever want to play this game ever again. See, that's the thing. I mean, in multiplayer for sure, the adventure mode definitely has some redeeming factors. The one thing that kind of stands out to me that's really interesting is that when we played Wave Race, we kept talking about how much of like a bare bones experience yeah. it was. But I feel like even without like having all of like the items and like all of this stuff that Diddy Kong Racing has, I feel like Wave Race is actually a better racing game. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, just generally overall, I, I just I didn't grow up with Wave Race. And so I didn't have any opinion one way or or the other going into it. But I feel like I had a much better time. And I don't even think I had a good time with Rave Race. <laughs> no, we weren't like ranting and raving but, about how great it was. But yeah, there were just less things that were like obnoxious and taking away from the experience. I feel like if you're going to play an N64 game, a racer, you're going to either play Mario Kart or Wave Race. You're probably just going to play Mario Kart. Yeah. There was an F-Zero game that was pretty decent on N64 that I borrowed from a friend, but I haven't played it in ages. But I know that they're... And uh, what was that? Cruising USA. Yeah. That was it was yeah. decent. Cruising World. Cruising USA, man, when you'd be like flying, you'd be doing so good, and then you'd hit a, a lamppost or a palm tree and just stop dead in your tracks. I played a lot of uh, Extreme G growing up, which is like motorcycle, like futuristic motorcycle with weapons. Oh, uh, motorcycles with weapons. Did you ever play Road Rash? Yeah, Road Rash was yeah. a pretty good it's game pretty good. on N sixty four. Less about uh, like oh no, I never played N sixty four. I played the Genesis. Oh, the N sixty four version was Rash. pretty good. It was way less about racing and more about just like picking up chains and beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyways, back to back to Mario Kart. One more quick point about it that I had I had made when we were playing is it's like the single player is better, but like. Do people play N64 games for single player? Like, I mean, all of my memories basically involve, I mean, with the exception of maybe like Star Fox, but even that has multiplayer. Yep. Like the the majority of my memories uh, that I have from my childhood are me playing N64 with other people. And so is it is it excusable that this game is only good in single player? I mean, there's definitely... There, there are people who play it for single player. You have games like Legend of Zelda, okay, and you yeah, got you got point. Mario sixty four. But for me, I stand corrected. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying you're right though. Like at this time, it was all about couch couch co op and couch multiplayer, and that was definitely my experience. We were always playing multiplayer because there was four of us. Yeah. The only game that we had that was single player was Legend of Zelda. We didn't. We never even had Mario sixty four. Yeah. Because we came in late to it, and it wasn't the pack in game anymore. We got the Golden Eye N sixty four. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you. There were single-player games, and they definitely have a big place in the N64 canon, but this game was definitely not meant to be a single-player game. Diddy Kong Racing is meant to be multiplayer. I mean, think about how much of the, the game is multiplayer. So Yeah, well, either way, I'm disappointed. Same. Man. I came into this pretty excited, and I'm leaving not so excited. Yeah. So, what, um, Jordan, if you, I figured out a way to do this game now. Okay. 
I'm in ready. a way that you're I can I can get you away from saying three dollars for every single game. Oh man. Yes. Jordan, if you had enough money that you never had to worry about money ever again. This is if you unrealistic. had unlimited money, Jordan. Okay. What would you pay for the experience that you just had? If I had unlimited money, what would I pay for the experience I just had? For the multiplayer experience, nothing. It it's just not <laughs> worth playing. It's not worth playing. With unlimited money, I still wouldn't pay for With it. With unlimited money, <laughs> like I would still maybe a couple bucks or something. But the multiplayer is not good. Like if I have unlimited money, I'm not playing this game. You're not buying part of the game. You're buying the whole game. With unlimited money, and I'm I'm not buying this as a multiplayer game. I would maybe buy it as a single player game. And since I have unlimited money, this is you destroy the economy with unlimited money. It doesn't matter. I've salvaged our podcast and gotten away from it. I don't know. Okay. I finally thought of a way for Jordan to stop saying two or three dollars for every game that we talk about on this who, show. Who am I paying in the like is who owns the game? Like, is this somebody who really needs the money? Is this somebody who I don't really like? It's a faceless person with an eBay account. That's creepy. I don't know if I want to support that person. Have you ever seen the face of somebody besides me with an eBay account? Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> the person actually has a face. I just don't yes. know what it looks like. Right. Oh, okay. Um, it's what N6, is their... N64 fan, 1996 on eBay. What's like their <laughs> plus minus rating? Do they have like a They have good... 100% feedback. 100% feedback. 100% feedback. They have uh, 468 positive feedback, so they're pretty experienced. They've had an eBay account since 2005. You really thought about this. This is great. Okay. <laughs> In this scenario that doesn't make... A whole lot of sense. I think that this game... What does it make sense about it? I'm no, just it removing makes, the fine. actual financial realism from it. I know. Okay. In this <laughs> scenario where um, I have all the money in the world and I enjoy collecting games, do I have all the room in the world to store no, the games? The only thing that is different about the situation, Jordan, is you never have to... You have unlimited money. Everything is the same. You just... I'm still not a game collector. You're still you. You just have unlimited money as you. I only own one N64 game currently. That's fine. What if you didn't have... We've been, just give me <laughs> a number if you didn't have to worry about money. We okay. need to stop. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. And get used to it because from this here on the, out on the show, this is the new standard. This is the new you rule. Have, you I have unlimited wanna, money. I just want to understand the rules that I'm getting into. Okay. Um, in this world... Here, here's the rules, Jordan. Somehow you have... Two million dollars in your bank account. Wow. Other than that, your life is exactly the same. Okay. Um, did I get this money through ill-gotten gains? Like, did I do nope. something illegal? No. Okay. I'm just trying to understand my person, my new personality that I've been given. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're still the same troll that you've you've always been. Yes. Okay. Good. All right. In that case, <laughs> good. <laughs> I I think that this game is worth. Three dollars. <laughs> Man, I it doesn't change. Like it's, I have the money. If I wanted to buy the game, I could buy the game. I'm just this game. Maybe three dollars is what I would pay for it. I'm not even mad because it's like that's not even like a terrible number to throw out for this one. <laughs> I was thinking ten dollars at first, but then I'm like, no, I, ten dollars. No, I could. I could buy some stuff with ten dollars. No, no. If you've got, if you're a millionaire, if you've got unlimited money, which is is not the same thing. But if you had unlimited money, and it meant nothing to you, let's be honest. Being a millionaire, having two million dollars would be unlimited money. 
I mean, yeah, if you didn't really change anything about your life. Yeah. I mean, I'd pay off my house. Beside the point. Um, yeah, $3 I feel good about. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun game. I'm glad we explained all that yeah, you explained all those yeah. things to me. I feel like I've gotten myself into a whole new right. place of mind. It only took us 10 minutes for you to give me something that should have taken 15 seconds. So, well, from going on, from now moving on, it'll go a lot faster because I understand all the rules. Right. So, I think for me, my gut is saying $6. Is what I feel like this one's worth to me. Um, well, coming six, into $6 today, for the single player. Coming into today, before we played it, what were you thinking? I actually hadn't spent a lot of time thinking about it. No, just yeah. It was just like I said. I, even before we we got in here, I was like, not even necessarily going to do this game. But then I was like, yeah, let's just do it. Yeah. And so I just didn't have any opinion one way or the other. I'm glad we did it because this is a game that I kind of had a lot of different thoughts about. I thought it was definitely a higher caliber game than what I'm coming away thinking now. Yeah. And maybe we would feel a little different if we spent a little more time with the single player. Um, I, I remember playing through like a good chunk of the single player. And <laughs> you're like, no, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got this one. <laughs> yeah. I feel like yeah. it was about $3 worth of fun. Yeah. And, you know, I pay a premium for retro games. So. Yeah, so six bucks. Six bucks. So we're good. One. Yeah. Uh, what do you think that this one is currently trending for on eBay? Currently trending for, it's. you told me it's like a top 10 game on the N64. Yeah. Um, you said that a lot of your friends had it, but I only remember having one friend who had it. I think maybe my wife had this one, though. So maybe, uh, maybe it's going for like, $19. That's not a terrible guess. Um, it's trending right now around 16. Okay. But it's like 16 to 20 is, is kind of 20 on the high end. Uh, but I saw a lot of 16 to $17 listings for this one. Uh, when I looked at it in price charting, price charting said it was going for $12. But oh. it, I didn't see any listings that had gone for that recently their algorithm hasn't caught up with the new spike in the price yeah people are going crazy buying it so yeah uh uh, 16 bucks is what uh, you can expect to pay for this one um there's also a demo not for resale diddy kong racing cartridge wait how was how would you get a demo cartridge so kiosks Okay. At stores and stuff like that. So this would be a limited version of the game that this was is... like at Target or yes, Best Buy or something. And as I did some poking around, um, it doesn't look like there's any differences. Like some of those kiosk cartridges were like demos or they had like different content. Yeah. Um, this one, I guess, is the full game. Oh. So what do you think that that... What, do you, what price do you think that collectors are paying for a, a demo... <laughs> Diddy Kong racing cartridge. Yeah, see, so collectors are irrational and True. they spend like they have two million dollars in the bank. So I'm gonna say some, some of us do. Some do, yeah. I'm gonna say that a demo cartridge, does it have different artwork? Does it say demo on it? It just says not for resale in small oh. letters on the front, and sometimes there's a sticker on the back of the cartridge. Like the old Sonic cartridges that came packed. Kind in. of, but okay. smaller. Smaller, okay. Um, it's still a rare thing. Probably that one's going for like two hundred and forty three dollars. Oh my gosh, Jordan! Did I nail it? Uh, according to price charting, that one's going for two hundred forty one dollars. Oh my goodness! <laughs> wow! 
<laughs> you didn't tell me that with this newfound bank account that I also got psychic powers. Yeah. That was not included yeah. in your description of my new life. <laughs> Price charting registers about five sales per year on that cartridge. Wow. Um, but I looked at, I don't think it's perfect in its algorithm because there was a couple car, a couple of those that have gone recently, but they were kind of like damaged, like the label was tattered. Okay. And those went for like over a hundred dollars a piece. Okay. But yeah, it wildly varies. I saw some of the the listings that had gone for like over three hundred dollars. But yeah, I guess an average of two hundred and forty one dollars. Wow. Is what that demo cartridge goes for. So I guess um I guess we know <laughs> I have a feeling we're gonna have to call this one worthless. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh <laughs> at sixteen dollars, there's better games out there. I don't know what Mario Kart goes for, but you probably got a copy of it laying around. Actually, better yet, just play the new version of Mario Kart, which is a way better kart racing game than Diddy Kong Racing. But you can't get that for $16. You can't get that for $16. And um, you'd also have to have a Switch. Yeah, but everybody has a Switch, Dan. (laughs) We've been over this. And since we had that conversation, actually, I know that not everybody has a Switch, but... um, since that we had that conversation, they have announced like the Switch Lite, which is going to be $200. And so now even more people are going to have a Switch. Apparently there's a rumor that the Switch sales are in decline. But according to whom? I don't know. I didn't chase it down. I'm not. Well, you know, that actually makes sense. I'm not sense. about that life anymore. Dan, that makes sense that they'd be in decline because if everybody has one, who would be buying them? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So they've sold 7.5 billion Switches and... Uh, <laughs> They've hit the cap. There's just like no more room for growth. They announced the Switch Lite, and they didn't they announce something else too, like another new model of it. Uh, it's just like a new uh, version. It's not anything different about it except for they upgraded like the processor a tiny bit, and so you get longer battery life. Okay, but like it's not improved specs or anything. You just get instead of uh, whatever the battery was before, you get like two more hours or two and a half more hours now. That's so, still a pretty good upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. So it actually makes the the OG Switch now have better battery life than the Switch Lite. So who knows? Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you have anything else before we wrap up today? Uh, just one last thing, I guess. Uh, we, you know, we always tell you guys to check us out on Instagram and Twitter. We are posting stuff every day. You can join in on the conversation even when we're not having an episode every two weeks. So follow us on there at WIOW Podcast. Also, if you like the podcast, be sure to leave us a review just like uh, Manbrarian did. And <laughs> I want to just read this review because it made both of us laugh a little bit. The title is Space Jam. And with an exclamation point, he gave us five stars. He says, I found this podcast because of Space Jam. I picked up a copy of the PS1 game cheap and wanted to see if there was a podcast episode on the game. Sure enough, Worth It or Worthless was the only podcast I could find that took a look (laughs) at Space Jam PS1. I've since checked out most of their old episodes and look forward to new ones. It's quickly becoming one of my favorite podcasts. Highly recommended. Keep up the good work. You know what? I feel glad to know that, that we are the only podcast <laughs> on the internet that has covered Space Jam PS1 because that is what you can expect from us here at Worth It or Worthless. Yeah, just cornering markets of the, the retro game Oh yeah, collecting. We will take any like little bit of, uh, you know, any title that we can get. For a while there, we were texting each other bragging about like, we have the number seven Battletoads podcast. Um, <laughs> on, is, on iTunes. On iTunes. Yes. Well, of course. Uh, so, you who know. Who knows where else, but you who know. Who knows. But you know what? 
if you are listening to this, you know that you are listening to the only source of PlayStation 1 Space Jam <laughs> on the podcast sphere. So thank you guys so much for listening to yeah, us. Yeah, seriously, thank you so much. And if you like what you're hearing, feel free to leave us a review. We might read your review on air, and at the very least, you'll know that it made us smile. <laughs> All right, my friend. I think that's going to wrap things up. I think so, too. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. See ya. All right. Bye. If you have any questions or feedback, feel free to email us at worthitorworthlesspodcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in staying up to date with the show, follow us at W-I-O-W Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review and subscribe if you want to hear more. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. We sincerely appreciate it. Talk to you next time.